Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture this morning is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of the men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So our message this morning deals with joyful service. Peter says the end of all things is near. And Peter wrote that a little less than 2,000 years ago. The idea of of nearness, the end being near, means that Jesus' return is imminent. Meaning it's the next big thing that God has planned. The next major event that God is going to do. The return of Jesus Christ could be at any moment. So we need to be ready. And that is what Peter is telling his readers, telling his listeners. We are to maintain our eternal perspective on life. We're not to get too carried away with the cares, with the desires, with the fears, or with the emotions of this world. But on the other hand, We're not to be so focused on our future heavenly life that we miss out on the opportunities to do what God wants us to do while we're here on earth. See, while we're here, God has given us certain things to do. For example, we're to proclaim the gospel and make disciples of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's something we will not have a chance to do in heaven. We won't have a chance to witness to people in heaven because everyone will already be a follower of Christ. So that's something that we can only do now. We are to pursue holiness. Why? We can't do that in heaven either because we'll already be holy. So we need to pursue holiness now. 
yes, we are citizens of heaven. That's where we will return as believers of Christ. But our current life, our current travels are in this world on earth. And one day we will need to give an account of the things that we have done for God while on earth. Now, this does not affect our salvation at all. That's not what we're giving an account for. We're saved through the sacrifice of Christ. But we are put here to be faithful citizens of heaven. We're to be faithful followers of Christ while we're here. And God will hold us accountable for that. Because God has given each and every one of us certain gifts, certain spiritual gifts to use for His glory. And as we use these gifts, they should bring glory to God. But they will also bring joy to us and joy to others around us. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 goes into to much more detail about spiritual gifts. But for today, we can simply say that all Christians have certain God-given gifts that they can use to build up the church. And maybe you don't know what your gift is. Maybe you've never explored it. How do you know what it is? Well, today there's a bunch of computer programs that you can sit down at, and you can, they ask you a bunch of questions, and you click on the answers, and it helps you identify which gifts you might have. And some of them have maybe about 100 questions, and it might take 15, 20 minutes to go through and answer them. And they might point you in the right direction. And that's one way to do it, certainly, but I think there's an easier way to figure it out. And simply identify what you enjoy doing the most to serve God. Based upon the spiritual gifts that are offered up in the Bible. And that's it. That's your gift. You should enjoy using your gift while glorifying and serving God. You'll look forward to the opportunity to use your gift, to serve Him. If you haven't figured out what your gift is, just get involved with a variety of ministry activities. And you'll eventually figure it out. You'll figure out what you like what makes you happy, what glorifies God, and you'll find out what maybe you don't particularly care for. And you'll say, oh, that's not my gift. Not everyone has the gift of preaching and teaching. Not everyone has the gift of administration, meaning take care, taking care of the books or uh, bulletins or whatever, taking care of the, the church. Some people really enjoy doing that. That's their gift. And it glorifies God, and then they enjoy it, and other people also reap the benefits from their service. So you should enjoy using your gift, and it should bear fruit. We are to be fruitful followers of Christ. The Holy Spirit wants you to know what your gift is, so follow His lead. And a lot of times we need to practice our gifts. The first sermon I ever preached probably wasn't a real good one. And sometimes there still aren't really good ones, I'm sure. But I try to be true and faithful to the Word of God and continuously using 
my gift from God, I'm strengthened by it. But in order to do or to use our gift, we need to know God's word. And we get our strength from him to do everything that we do. So we need to align our will with his and focus our lives on serving him. Part of serving God means that we serve others. And we do this out of love, not just for God, but love for the other person as well. And that's what Peter tells us. He tells tells us to keep fervent in your love for one another. And sometimes that's difficult, but this kind of love requires a believer to put another person's spiritual health ahead of our own desires. And that's true even when we're not being treated appropriately, or even if we're being treated poorly. And especially during times of trouble or persecution, as many of Peter's readers were. They were being persecuted. But they were told to be fervent in their love. Why? Peter continues, because love covers a multitude of sins. And this is one of those those scriptures that people sometimes maybe twist a little bit or maybe get a little confused about. Uh, They think that this scripture says it's okay for a person to sin as long as they show love. And that's not what the scripture is saying. For example, let's say there is someone who really loves the church, a good, faithful follower, follower of Christ. And they enjoy serving the church. And let's say their service is taking care of the lawn. He takes pride in his work and he does it not so people can pat him on the back, but so that God can be glorified. And that's great. That is great. But now let's say that there's some kids out playing and they decide to take a shortcut and run and ride their bikes through the church lawn. The man sees this and starts running after them, yelling and screaming at them to get off the yard. And maybe he used a few choice words that he shouldn't have used. He lost his temper because these kids were messing up his yard. And it's happened, no doubt. And maybe someone saw that, or someone heard about it. And the people would just say, oh, that's just the way he is. He's passionate about his lawn, and he loves his work, and he cares for it. He takes pride in it. That's why he gets angry, and and when someone comes along and messes it up, he gets mad and maybe loses his temper. It's okay because his love covers that sin. That's not the point of that scripture. That is not what Peter is talking about. Yes, love does cover our sins, but it's not like that. See, we as believers cannot overlook the sin in our lives. It must be confronted and it must be removed. The meaning of this scripture is that if you love someone, it will cover their sins against you. That's what Peter means. In other words, if that guy 
in my example, was yelling and screaming at you for walking across his yard, for uh, walking across the church's lawn, you wouldn't hold that against him. You would be ready to ask for, for forgiveness for walking across his lawn, and also you would be ready to forgive his losing his temper with you. That's what it means. And whenever we do show that type of love with others, we are at peace with them and we're at peace with ourselves. And we don't seek revenge. We don't look to get even. We seek that love. We seek that peace. We seek a reconciliation relationship. As Peter says, we're hospitable toward one another. We'll open our homes to care for those that need to be cared for. That is what Peter is getting at. Service to God. Service to others. And doing it not begrudgingly, but joyfully. Honoring and glorifying God. Think about your service this week. Think about the things that you do. And think about what motivates you to do those things. What motivates you to serve. What gives you joy while serving God? What gives you joy while serving others? And then think about the blessings that you have received and the blessings that you will receive for your service to God. And make no mistake about it, we need to continue to rely on God to strengthen us. And we need to express our thanksgiving to Him each and every day for the things that He has done for us and things that He will do for us in the future as well. And we need to let God's love for us radiate through us so that we may show love to others. And we do that by serving God while serving others joyfully. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, we thank You for the spiritual gifts that You have given to each and every one of us. Help us to use them fully for Your glory. Strengthen us so that we may serve You faithfully. And help us to show our love for others. Give us the wisdom and the perseverance that we need to carry out your will in our lives each and every day. Help us to serve you joyfully today and every day, so that in all things you may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever.